The Holy Spirit has made me a leader in this church. And as a leader, I have the responsibility to pray for you, a responsibility to take care of you spiritually, and I have the responsibility that you walk the narrow line, that you don't go to the left or the right, but you stay centered in Christ Jesus, to continue to know Him as your Lord and your personal Savior. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us today for our continuing series in Acts. As Raul reflects on the Apostle Paul's faith legacy, you'll see how consistent obedience to the Lord established his spiritual credibility in the eyes of those observing him. Stay with us for inspiration to persevere in the kingdom-building work that God has called you to trusting that your diligence can have an eternal impact. Here's Raul Reese in the book of Acts, chapter 20. We see, first of all, in verse 17, when he called his leaders, he says in verse 17, and then he says, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called from the elders of the church. Now, when I was there in Ephesus, and we were there in Ephesus just this last year, when you come to Ephesus, it's a pretty incredible place when you look at it. They have a beautiful theater. They would probably sit about 25,000 people. And Paul was coming because Paul not only listened to the voice of the Lord and the message God had given to him, but he was going to speak to the elders for the elders of the church. The word elder here refers to a mature person. In order for someone to become an elder, they had to be around for a while. You watch their lives. To see if they're qualified to become an elder in the church. Too much is given, much more is required. And Paul the Apostle was a type of person. He was a real leader. He really fed off God's word. And whenever he preached to people, he would preach not in hypocrisy, but he would make himself an example. An example how he had come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And by that example, that people could trust him because he trusted Christ in his life. Look what he says in verse 18. Here the leaders are meeting with Paul. He says, and when they had come to Paul, he said to them, You know that from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Underline that. You guys know my life. When I came to you guys, you know my life. The way I behaved. What I did in front of you. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to you in Asia Minor, in what manner I always lived among you. Notice being among them. Everywhere Paul went, he was an example, an example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse 19, notice the character of his ministry. Number one, serving the Lord with all humility. I like that. Man, there's so many proud pastors today, so many proud deacons and elders in the church today. 
You don't have to tell people you're humble. People can see your life if you're humble or not. Humility was the first characteristic here Paul talks about. Great humility. Secondly, many tears. You ever shed tears? For your family? For friends? For the church? For yourself? And then I shed tears, he says, because of the trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. The things that he went through, the Jews, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. And then he gives you the method of his ministry in verse 20. I love this. How I, Paul, kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and touched you publicly And from house to house, a well-rounded ministry, he kept, notice, nothing that was profitable. Nothing. And it's so awesome that when Paul speaks about these things, that he was not only one that did it, but that he would continue to do that even to the point when he was taken to Rome and was put to death by being beheaded. And then the message of his ministry, verse 21 Testifying to the Jew and also to the Greek, the Gentile. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, how that is so important. You know, there's no possible way that anybody can become a Christian unless there's true repentance. True repentance. When you repent, you're not the same person again. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, what happens? You have a new life. Your old life has passed away. Your new life now begins. You begin to read. You begin to pray. You begin to fellowship with other believers. And as you go to Bible study, you begin to not only become mature, Then you can have a Bible study. You can help other people, whatever it is. But faith is always required in the Christian life. Everything you do is by faith. You get up in the morning by faith. You get into your car, so the engine by faith. Everything's by faith. But imagine trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, that he's the only one that can wipe out all my sins. But I want to encourage you, if you really truly have repented, then keep yourself away from sin so God can use your life. Ask God to give you that faith that we need, not only in trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, but having that assurance that salvation that has been given to me as a free gift, that it gives me the assurance of heaven, that I am going to be in heaven one day. Paul the Apostle knew it. Paul the Apostle taught about trusting Christ for salvation. And then look what he says in verse 22 to 24. Paul is looking straight ahead of his life. Verse 22. And see now that I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. You ever find yourself in that place where you're going somewhere, you don't know what's going to happen? But because Paul had his confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew that the Lord was going to lead him. He knew that he could put his trust in Jesus Christ and the Lord would open the door or would close the door and God would bring him through all the things that he would have to do as a child of God. And see now, he says, I go bound in the spirit, not in the flesh, 
bound in the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Paul here uses that imaginary being chained and tied up like a prisoner. That's what it, he actually means by this. But in this instance, by notice by the Holy Spirit, he's been put in chains by the Holy Spirit. I'm bound to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to leave Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I want to be what he wants me to be, and I want to do what he wants me to do. That is what Christianity is about. And then he says this beautiful thing, verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit is testifying to me in every city, wherever I go, saying the chains and tribulations await me. How would you like the Holy Spirit to say to that to you? Paul, wherever you go... (laughs) It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. But Paul, I am with you. I am with you. I'm going to be with you to your last breath. He says in verse 24, but none of these things move me. Underline that. None of these things move. Do those things bother you? If you're a real Christian and the Lord has called you and you're going to be put down, you're going to suffer, whatever, do those things bother you? Or like Paul, but none of these move me, nor I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish, finish what? My race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of our God. Notice what he says there. Paul turns to the future and tells his audience he was on his way to Jerusalem bound by the Holy Spirit. He decided to finish or fulfill his ministry. And he did not know the things that should befall him, but none of those things moved him. None of those things I want me not to move me. Whatever God has for my life, none of those things move me. Paul said, but none of those things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. How do you count your life? So that I may finish my race. We're on the race. You guys, we're on the race. That I may finish my race with joy. Not happiness, joy. But how many people will finish their race miserable? In condemnation. Because they never really lived up to what Christ had called us to live by. By faith and being honest and being faithful to the things that God has given to each one of us individually. When I look at my life, my life means nothing to me, but his life means everything to me. Knowing and recognizing soon that it will be with him. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'd like to remind you that we are committed to coming alongside you with the wisdom of God's Word. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 for a variety of resources, including Rawls' four-part study of the Holy Spirit. Now let's continue with more of today's lesson. And then he says in verse 25, he looks to his heart. You see, then came the necessity here for some pastoral counsel and warnings based on what Paul knew. He says in verse 25, And indeed now I know, I know for sure, that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. You guys, this is the last time. 
He gives us farewell, everyone. Every one of us has a farewell. Paul the Apostle has his farewell. You guys, you won't see me again. This is the last time you're seeing me, and you'll never see me again. The next time you'll see me will be in heaven. And that broke their hearts. Just in a moment, that broke their hearts. Paul, what do you mean we're not going to see you again? And then they got the message. Wow, he's going to die. This is the last time we will see him. This is the last time he will minister to us. But one day we'll be able to see him. Verse 26. And therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Can you say that? Can I say that? He goes on to say this. This is important. He says this has been one, not only a priority, but I think that it's a priority with me that I have not failed in this church to declare to you the whole counsel of God, Genesis to Revelation. Can you say that? When you talk to people, have you given them the full counsel of God? When he talks about the full counsel of God, it means the whole Bible. Genesis to Revelation. You can't just say the New Testament. Every pastor in Calvary Chapel probably could say this. Because we've taught from Genesis to Revelation. Who taught us that? Pastor Chuck Smith. To come to that place and not be what? In verse 26 again, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of every man's blood, that I have not failed to declare to you the full counsel of God. The full counsel of God, I've given it to you. I pray this evening then, man, that we would have that boldness to say, I have not failed to declare to you the whole counsel that has been given to me. I have given it to you. And then he says, verse 28, Therefore, because of this, take heed to yourself and to all the flock that is among you. He's speaking to pastors. He's speaking to elders and leaders. Therefore, take heed to yourself to all the flock among who the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. What a great responsibility I have. Pastor Dale, all these guys on staff, the ushers, those that are deacons, elders, every one of us here, that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd or to feed the church of God, which he Purchase with his own blood. The responsibility of caring and loving the flock of God, the church. That's why we love you guys. We pray for you. Pray for us. The flock of God is so big. It's not just here at Diamond Bar. It's all over the world. We as leaders have a responsibility. That the Holy Spirit not only has saved me. The Holy Spirit has made me a leader in this church. And as a leader, I have the responsibility to pray for you, a responsibility to take care of you spiritually, and I have the responsibility that you walk the narrow line, that you don't go to the left or the right, but you stay centered in Christ Jesus, to continue to know him as your Lord and your personal Savior. You see, God gives that stern warning here to shepherd or to tend to his flock. Verse 29 to 31, he warns the dangers of the future of the church. Verse 29, he says, for I know this, that after my departure, who's going to come? Savage wolves will come in among you in the church, not outside of the church, in the church, not sparing the flock of God. 
man, there have been so many divisions in churches where people will come in, they'll sit, and they'll kind of watch the congregation, and they'll look for those that are weak, those that are new Christians, and, you know, maybe after service, they see them, they walk up to them and say, hey, what's your name? My name is so-and-so, and they build this relationship, and then when they have the perfect timing, zoom, into their little fellowship, and they lead them astray. That's why we have to be careful. He says in verse 30, Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Notice that. Drawing disciples after themselves. Paul may be speaking here prophetically here. The Spirit has revealed to him what? That a struggle for the truth will ensue within the Ephesian church. It's talking to the Ephesians. This is going to happen. Therefore, because of this, watch and remember, be on the alert. And remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Here it is again, with tears. Paul says, I came here to Ephesus for three years. I've been here, and I've been warning you, I've been teaching you, and I want you to know that, listen, you guys, there are going to be coming. When I leave, it's going to happen. And when he left, it happened. They came in and tried to destroy the flock of God. He said, from outside grievous wolves, From the inside the church of your own selves, notice, those that fellowship with you. And then the exhortation to our Lord is therefore watch. Keep your eye open. And if you see something weird, hey, go to the elders, tell the elders so they can approach that person or they can confront that person that is trying to deceive those that are in the church. And then in verse 32, Paul's commendation, he says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God, And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Then as he left them, he commanded them unto God and to the word of his grace. I love that. The edification to build you up by the word of God. Notice, we're born again. First Peter one twenty three. Have been men born again, not with corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And then we are cut. Hebrews 4.12, by the word of God. For the word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And notice we are healthy in Christ. First Peter 2.22. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the inheritance is to give you what? An inheritance by the word of God. We are fed, Jeremiah 15.16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy of rejoicing in my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And then we are led by the word of God. Psalm 25, 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day long. And we are satisfied. Psalm 51, 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Imagine sanctification among them that are sanctified, each one of us. How? By the word of the Lord. He points out his own life. Verse 33. I, Paul, coveted 
No one wants money, silver or gold or the way they dress. Paul says, I didn't have ever, ever, ever covered anybody. I wanted to be what Christ called me to be. I didn't want to be with all the fashions of the world to keep up with the fashions. Paul says, I never did that. He only wanted to preach the gospel, teach the word of God, and he wanted to see people get saved, people get healed, and he was looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and to take him home, Paul the Apostle. 34, he says, yes. You yourselves know, you guys, that these hands are provided for my necessity. Hey, you guys, I was working at a job for those who are with me. He worked four hours in the morning, and the next four hours in the afternoon, he would go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and teach people the word of God. That was Paul the apostle. These hands, he says, have, I have used to work to make my living. And then the next four hours, he would go out and teach the word of God. And then later on, he received offerings. And it's so cool that where the Lord needs to provide. And then there's so many people on TV, so many people in different churches are always, always begging for money. Again, in verse 34, And yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Verse 35, And I have shown you that every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said this. And get this, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Isn't that cool? Underline that, memorize that. That's the way to give to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, by faith. And then he says, his prayer, he says, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. Can you imagine? Here's the conclusion of Paul. You guys, they came to the shore by the ship and they get on their knees and they begin to pray. They recognize, you guys, this is it. He says, verse 37, I love that. And they all began to weep freely. It fell on Paul's neck and they kissed him. You think they loved him? You think it didn't hurt them to know that he's leaving and they'll never see him again? And you think about how your family, the last time you'll see them. And if they're not Christians, it will really hurt. But if they're Christians, then you'll see them one day. They're going to leave now, but you'll see them one day. But imagine how many times as you think of people in the body of Christ, where these elders not only saw Paul and they heard Paul, but now they know Paul is going to leave and they're going to kill him. And we won't see him again until we get to heaven. And here's why, verse 38. Soaring most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompany him to the ship. One day, I'll get up here and I'll say, you guys, this is it. I want you guys to know that I love you. I pray for you. And here's your new pastor. And the Lord will do that one of these days. We hope today's study has been an encouragement for you to honor the Lord with industrious service whether he's called you to a high-visibility ministry or a behind-the-scenes role in his kingdom-building plan. 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. A complete unedited version of today's teaching is available to you for a donation of $5 or more. If you'd like to get a copy, just call us at 800-634-9165 and mention today's study from Acts chapter 20. Now, we'd also like to tell you about Raul's four-part study of the Holy Spirit. Available on either CD or a USB drive, this resource will show you how the third member of the Trinity can equip you with wisdom, power, and confidence as you obey His leading in your life. To place your order for this reassuring study, visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your four-message thumb drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. Our number, once again, is 800-634-9165. Or you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. Every one of these programs is available as a podcast. Look for us on iTunes and Spotify. Downloading our app will also connect you to the Bible with live-streamed teaching, digital Bible studies, and much more. If you'd like to send Rawl a personal email with prayer requests or Bible questions, his address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we are grateful for your generous partnership. Every contribution is tax-deductible. Join us next time for more instruction from the book of Acts. As we think about the Apostle Paul's example of consistent prayer in ministry, we'll see that there's great value in prioritizing quiet time with God in preparation for service in His name. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.